everyone. So this week we're outside because of the amazing weather. We thought what we're excuse to sit outside. Um, so beware, you might hear the bees buzzing, tractors going past and the odd cow. Uh, we are in the sticks. Um, this week we're going to be talking to Sarah and um, she's been to, she's lucky enough to experience Iceland and Sahara. So uh, that's two of our kind of shorter bite-sized adventures. Um, so we thought take a hot one and a cold one and kind of compare them and their different terrains, different climates you're probably not used to um, and see what she has to say in terms of advice. Uh, so, listen up. <laughs> listen up! I'm Jess and I'm the marketing manager at DA and I'm back for another week to record the DA podcast. Hi guys, I'm Holly and I'm the marketing coordinator and I, we're also joined by Sarah. Hello, Sarah, me again. I'm Senior Challenge Coordinator and I'm here today to talk about my experiences in Iceland and the Sahara. Lovely. We should probably reiterate that we, I mean, we're outside. Yeah. It's really nice weather, so we've decided to take... Executive decision. Yeah, it's the only, well, I mean, make any excuse to be outside. Mm -hmm. um, so you may hear wind, grass, bees, Holly's adamant that there are some cows. There is cows. I can. I know there's cows. Um, We're in the sticks. There might be some road noise, tractor noise. There is, a, bizarrely, a helicopter landed in the field just by our work. So if that takes off midway yeah. through, we can only apologise. That caused um, a lot of excitement in the office yeah, earlier. So anyway, back to the more important stuff. Sarah, your experiences on two completely different challenges. Yeah. Lucky enough to be sent on both. Yes. Which was first? So Sahara was first, that was November 2017. That was my first experience of a DA trekking trip. And it was my first experience of trekking full stop. <laughs> wow. So almost the deep end then if it's like quite intense. Well, we market the um, Saharan Mini as like a perfect taste of adventure. So for me, it was really good because I was like, what if I hate trekking? But knowing I only had three days, was quite nice. Oh, it's bearable then. You can three days of yeah. trekking. Yeah, so it was a five-day trip, um, but three days of trekking, three days of you know not showering, no proper toilets, oh stuff like God. that. Wow. I think we say, don't we? We say like it's. I mean, it's a mini adventure, but that's purely because of the time rather yeah. than the intensity. Because mm. three days of not showering and being covered in sand and no proper toilets and accompanied by camels yeah that doesn't sound like a mini adventure mm -hmm. yeah i mean the camels like were great love the camels i mean i've met camels when i was on holiday and they stink so i feel like that would also add to the i mean i i didn't get that close to them <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully you got close to the participants <laughs> you make, yeah. good, make good friends when you were trekking um so sahara was quite a small group I think there was maybe like 13 of us mm. so we did get to know each other quite well which was quite nice and then in the evenings obviously there's not a lot to do other than <laughs> kind of talk to each other it's not like you know there's any shops to go to or anything so yeah we all kind of sat around and, and had chats and stuff which was quite nice even because I always think even on like a, a small a small short challenge mm. that it almost limits the time you have to bond yeah did that like did that cross your mind did that cross any of the participants minds we did find that 
we'd only really because it's always like the first few days are always a little bit awkward yeah, 100%. um so it was really only the last night that we all really got to know each other and Heidi, who was our leader, said that she's done a quite a lot of the um, longer Sahara treks before, and she prefers that because it gives them more, everyone more time to bond, and more time for everyone to kind of like open up and relax a little bit more. Yeah. Because a lot of us on that trip had never done this kind of thing before, so it was new for everyone. So we're all a bit weirded out almost. Yeah, it's a lot to take in though, isn't it? Yeah. It's like new people, new surroundings, you're testing yourself, but it's also like a mental thing as well as a as a physical thing. Mm. Especially if you go on your own, I suppose it's. Di- I mean, it was probably slightly different for you because you went with work, work in the sort of greatest sense. So you knew the crew. I didn't actually at that oh, okay. point. I'd met Heidi a couple of times, but I didn't know her. Oh, and there's a helicopter taking off. Ooh, or no, that's not a helicopter. <laughs> or a weird cow. Um, yeah, no, I don't think. I think I'd met her a couple of times, but we'd never kind of spent any proper time together because this, this was my first year at DA yeah so I was still pretty new in terms of all the crew and that um didn't know any of the participants other than like what I'd been because it was my trip I'd been talking to them over email but I didn't find out I was going until quite late on mm. um so yeah it was I almost Indeed. felt like I was one of them kind that's of really good though I suppose yeah. putting myself in their shoes yeah, yeah. so Sahara I have to. I mean, I'm probably going to say this every episode that we record. Sahara <laughs> is not one that appeals to me purely because of the fact you're walking on sand. So I feel like every step that you take, even when I'm just like on the beach trying to like walk towards the sea, every step you take, it feels like you're then taking two back because it's such hard work. Doing that in boots on the sand. That sounds like hard work. <laughs> I mean, so the first day I described as it felt like walking on the moon. Obviously, I've never walked on the moon, but um, I think that's one of our 2021 trips. Um, Stay tuned. Moony adventure. Um, Oh, I like that. I love a pun. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the first day was really rocky. Like, I did not expect it to be that rocky, and I'm quite clumsy, and I did almost fall over a couple of times. But the sand dunes were hard when we were going up, because that is literally almost hands and knees kind of stuff, because you... you fall down with every step but it wasn't as bad as walking on the beach to be honest oh that's okay then yeah because obviously I go to the beach quite a lot living in Bournemouth and I find it more annoying walking on the beach than I than I did in the Sahara oh that's that's what always that's puts me off that's yeah. like the whole like it's, I don't, it, one step forward two steps back it feels wrong to say this but it's almost like it's not as sandy <laughs> clearly it is because uh-huh. like wherever you look there's sand but when you go to the beach, sand gets absolutely everywhere. And like, I've got it in my hair today because I went to the beach yesterday. And it's like all over my house. But on the Sahara, other than when I rolled down a sand dune, I didn't really get sand everywhere. See, that was going to be, that was one of my main questions. Did you get sand in your pants? But I suppose if you force yourself down a sand dune. Yeah, like I was yeah, literally rolling down. You know, like when you're a small child and you roll down a hill. Yeah, I did that. That looks so fun. You see like the classic pictures of people completely like absolutely legging it down the sand dunes. It like sand everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've done sandboarding in New Zealand. So I wanted to do something like that, but just a little bit different. And obviously there was no boards to hand. Some of the guys attempted to do it using bin bags. Nice. Didn't work. It was very funny to watch. <laughs> very funny. Um, but yeah, I just literally rolled. And yeah, I got sand everywhere then. 
but up until then, no. So is it like not windy or anything? It's not being blown up into your face, but then I suppose it's that's weather dependent, right? Yeah, we were lucky that there was no sandstorms or anything. The weather was. It also wasn't as like hot as I'd expected. It was hot, but not horrific. It's almost I, dry, like dry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like if it gets hot in this country, it's always like really clammy and just horrible. But yeah, even like today, it's like a bit sticky. Yeah, it's a bit gross. It's lovely. I'm not mm. complaining, but it mm. is a bit gross. But yeah, no, abroad heat is definitely different to English heat, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure I'd want to walk in the heat. So you're a braver person than I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I did on the first day forget to put sun cream on my neck and about halfway through the day I realised that the sun had been like on my right side the whole day so I had like a nice little red patch on my neck but because we'd gone to this marketplace to buy like the scarves I just put that round me oh that's cool Um, oh I've seen the photo of you all wrapped up I was going to say I remember that you were pretty funky with your your head sunglasses on and then yeah so I broke my sunglasses um when we got to the hotel on the first night, I broke my sunglasses then. Good job, oh, man. Yeah, and they were my only pair. So I attached them back together with um, microporous tape. <laughs> <laughs> so I look like Jack Duckworth in all of my photos. That's good. Amen for the med kit, though. Yeah, I mean, me right. We send all these things away yeah. <laughs> so that you good can to see they get used. <laughs> yeah, so my um, top tip now is always take a spare pair of sunnies. I love that. Mm. Another plane. Pass, yeah. nice and remote. I wonder where they have to. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, so we've obviously Holly and I spend a lot of time looking at the photos and all that sort of thing. And Sahara strikes me as probably one of our most remote trips. I don't know. Yeah. I sort of don't know how to describe what I mean by that, but it just looks like you know the photos I've seen of camp. You're just in the middle of nowhere. Like no civilization. You almost, can't it just see seems like just civilization new. in the distance. It's yeah. just like you're in. The Sahara Desert, which I suppose is exactly how it's designed. Just she the camels in the sand. Yeah, I mean, it was really weird to, because obviously we're following the local guys and they apparently know exactly where they're going. <laughs> but it's like, how do you know where you're going? You cannot see anything but sand no wherever you look. And then we'll like go around the corner of a sand dune and then, oh, here's camp. They've already set it up. And it's like, how did you do that? But on our last night, we camped by this really big sand dune, which is the one that I rolled down. And we went for a wander up to the top because there was this really cool rock. And then we saw another camp around the corner and we were all really annoyed. They were the first people we'd seen in three days. And we felt like they'd encroached on our space. Sounds mad, doesn't it? You're literally in the middle of nowhere yeah. and you're like, go away. This is and all now. of a sudden they appear, yeah. I mean, it sounds amazing. I th- and again, thinking about the mm. photos that I've seen, like Sahara, You've got photos of the sunset and the sand dunes. It does look beautiful. The stars, we've definitely seen some photos of the stars. So what what was your standout moment scenery-wise? I think probably on the last day when you're heading back to, well, you know you're heading back to civilization, you can't see it and you just keep looking around and you're like just surrounded by sand and you literally can't see where you've been, where you're going. You can't work it all out. And it's just, it makes you feel so small and insignificant in the world mm. which, which is weird i love that feeling yeah i love that like when you like when you look at the stars and you're like oh my god i'm actually really tiny so yeah to have that feeling like solidly for three days or like when yeah. you watch a david attenborough episode and you're like oh my god this is big world world out there like, <laughs> yeah. literally this tiny person yeah <laughs> that's pretty cool that's really and also 
everyone says about the uh, like the tea out there is apparently amazing. I can't imagine anything worse than having tea in this really hot yeah, country. Heat, yeah. yeah, it wasn't like you know English like PG tips. Builders brew. Um, although we did have that some nights. Can't go wrong with a cup of tea when you get in camp. Yeah. But when we got into camp every day, the local guys would have a pot of like Moroccan mint tea, which is obviously mint but it's really um sweet mm. and it's hot but it's not boiling and it just tasted beautiful i bet when you've just watched next this. level and yeah. when you've been like drinking water all day and you've been yeah. and just have something sweet like that yeah it's flavor. it's refreshing but like it's a different kind of refreshing to water um yeah it was lovely so like i mean they're catering again thinking about the remoteness of it all and like you say you go around a corner and you'd be like oh that's camp mm. like where has mm. that come from what was the food like? That's a big thing for me. Food. <laughs> um, we were having like three courses every night, pretty much. Oh my god! Like I, pro- I said I probably eat better when I go on challenges than I do when I'm at home. <laughs> <laughs> because, In the middle of the desert. Yeah. Like the, it was just kind of one pot stews and stuff like that. There was one night on our last night we had like chicken and chips. Um, oh there god, were veggies. Yeah. It was just mad to think what they can whip up like we're in a desert and you know they're cooking three course meal for like 20 people but there were veggies in in the group as well and they had kind of their own little like veggie stews and stuff and we all sat round in the tent and just ate it on our laps and chatted complete and utter nonsense it was great i mean it sounds like a great trip so sleeping Mm. what's that like because first trip you know, we some of our trips are in hotels, so you share a room. Some of them are in two-man tents. What's the sleeping arrangements on the Sahara? So it's communal tents. There's like a girls' tent and a boys' tent. We had I think six people in our tent, and you literally just sleep in there. There's another tent that's a mess tent where you all hang out, and you're just generally so tired that you just get in your corner and you just go to sleep. Yeah. I was worried about being cold because I'd heard that the desert gets really cold at night but mm. and I'm, I'm petrified of being cold hence why I've got quite a scarf selection <laughs> um, but I was actually really warm so undid my sleeping bag and was just kind of sleeping in my shorts and t-shirt and that's really nice I suppose like mm. communal sleeping is just one of those things isn't it it's part of the challenge for some people some people yeah. don't mind it I like 100% for me I'd be like I don't want to sleep with a whole load of people. I just want mm. my own space. But I yeah. suppose it brings you closer together as well. Like it's that kind of that barrier. It's another barrier that's kind of broken down. Yeah. Which is horrible. to like it, when you're initially thinking about it, you're like, oh my gosh, I really don't want to do this. But actually, it's one of those kind of positive experiences as well. Yeah, definitely. It's just another way it. to kind of get out of your comfort zone. Like as adults, yeah. people don't really sleep with strangers anymore. No completely get what you're saying like as, as a child you go to kind of scout camps or brownie camps and whatever sleepovers yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah it was completely like we we're all just very set in our ways and it's like you know some people have to have white noise on before you go to bed but you just gotta suck it up and do what everyone else does i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously didn't bother you but so you said you were worried about being cold so i suppose that's a good Segway, I mean, <laughs> cleaved in there. <laughs> Dive straight into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you were in the land of ice, Iceland. 
<laughs> yes. For our Northern Lights winter trek. Which looks absolutely magical. These, like, these are the pictures that you kind of like, they just, I don't know, kind of mesmerising when you look at those ones. Yeah, you can't beat Scandi, Scandi lighting. Yeah, the I mean. The skies are just mad. Iceland is one of those places that's been on my bucket list for about 10 years. Um, and I knew it was really expensive, so I've never been kind of by myself. And then it came up at work and straight away, as soon as we offered the trip, I was like, I really want to go on that. And Dan was like, well, if you if you kind of sell loads of places, then we'll think about it. So I was like promoting it. <laughs> and I was like, I really yeah, want to go on this. Guys, you should go on this. I remember you being like, here, can you do some more tweets? <laughs> yeah. Um, I got one of the guys from Sahara, from my group on Sahara, he went on it as well. So that was quite nice to see him again. But yeah, we ended up having quite a big group and it was it was very different to Sahara. Totally different. Obviously a little bit colder. <laughs> Just a little bit. I mean, yeah, I think like you sent us a photo one day and you were covered. You had your hat on, your scarf wrap, like, wrapped yep. around your face. And I think you said like wind chill or something and it was going to take yeah. it down to minus nine. Yep. That's mental. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, the wind chill, like there was that, I think it was only really one day when the wind really affected us. But generally, if you keep moving, you're all right. Yeah, I suppose so. It's I could imagine that almost, I'd enjoy that more. Being cold, no, that's mad. What am I saying? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I just feel like at least you can warm up then by moving whereas yeah. in the heat you can't you can't get colder and get cozy at like a time when you're settling in yeah i mean so one of the one of the ways the two trips differ is that iceland has kind of hostel hut accommodation every night so you're sleeping in a real bed and yes. where we were there was wi-fi there was hot showers oh my gosh and we were like this luxury. is pure luxury for a da trip I think most of the group were kind of beginners to the trekking thing or hadn't done too much before. So it's another like gentle-ish introduction. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the trekking on some days was pretty hard because I think all of us underestimated what it's like walking on ice or you know when snow gets really hard and compacted yeah. and then yeah. it becomes icy. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty hairy at times. Did yeah. You fall over? Of course I did. <laughs> I fall over when I'm standing still, don't I? So Yeah, you do. Yeah. But for me, because I I wasn't scared of falling over because I knew it would happen, where there was other people in the group who were really scared of falling over. Yeah. It's funny, isn't that? Like how you think as an adult that becomes a fear, whereas like a kid it's you like you just hearing around yourself and just like, well, yeah. whatever, I'm gonna fall. You don't even it's not even something you think about, but then I suppose it's a bit when you get a bit older you're like I could fall, I could hurt myself, it'd be embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I'm used to people laughing at me because I do fall over a lot, so it just didn't bother me. I mean, Heidi fell over and... Did herself a a mischief. Quite severely tore her hamstring. So that was a lesson on how not to do it for the rest of the group. Yeah, 100%. Oh, bless that, it's rubbish. Mm. So, did you see the Northern Lights? Yes. Talk us through it. So every night our local guides would kind of be keeping an eye on like the the weather and the forecast. The first two nights they were like, no, it's too cloudy. You're not going to see anything. And then the third night they were like, oh, you might do. And because it was our last night in the um, hut, 
we decided to have a little fire because they had a little fire pit so we had a fire outside and we all kind of gathered round and we were all just kind of disappearing every now and again out of the kind of where the lights were to go and see if we could see anything and I've no idea what time it was but we did most of us did see something but then you spend so much time looking through the lens of your camera that you don't really at the time you don't really realize what you're experiencing Mm. it is it's such a matter i mean i've seen them once really faintly in sweden Mm. and it was pure luck and i was doing the same well probably i didn't have a local guide my family live in sweden so they were sort of telling me oh you know you won't see them you won't see them and i had like six different apps on my phone that alerted me (laughs) and said like you you have a 50% chance of seeing them tonight (laughs) tomorrow night you only have a 30% so I was going out every night yeah and then I they were really faint but I could I then had a photograph the Northern Lights app on my phone and took a photo and then that's when you can see them yeah it looks completely different in photos doesn't it yeah so it's I mean, it's it's strange that it's captured so differently through through the lens. It's it's to do with the... Because what I had to do on my phone, I did... When I was at the airport before we went, I was doing a lot of frantic how to change your camera settings to take pictures of the Northern Lights. It's all about shutter speed and stuff like that. So I just had my phone camera and I was just playing around with that and that's how I got some pictures that obviously they're not great, but I'm really proud of them. Yeah. Um, but other guys had like you know you need like a tripod and a proper camera to take really decent oh, yeah, those photos. photos. That you see like like the, the tourist board have sent us. Yeah. And our, our local operators have sent. They'll have been like taken on. Yeah, some really snazzy bit of kit and slow exposure yeah. and yeah. stuff but like that. Then I suppose it it is that thing of actually, do you want to waste all your time making sure you've got the right app, making sure you've got the right setting? when it is something so once in a lifetime that yeah, you experience it yourself exactly you just want to be in that moment yeah and I, like i mean you said that you feel like you spent a lot of time looking through your phone screen trying to you know capture them did you have a moment where you were like oh my god this is this is actually happening i'm sure like a lot of people on the trip that was the main reason why they booked outside of yeah. the challenge i mean for me it was always like you know if i see them i see them but if i don't you know i've still been to iceland so to see them and it was our first the first time that we'd run that trip as well it was kind of like the cherry on the cake yeah mm. and it was just like and because it was our last night it was just a really nice way to round the trip off yeah really lovely and it was yeah it was mind-blowing really and i think we've i i think i'm hope i'm not speaking out of time but we've i think every trip we've run since they've seen them yeah i mean on the last one there was I think only one person saw them because he kind of got up in the middle of the night to check yeah which is what we'd been doing actually like um if any of us woke up in the middle of the night we'd have a look at our phones have a look at the app to see what the I can't remember what it's called the forecast thing yeah it's like it's all quite sciencey yeah and then we'd literally just like pop outside just to make sure because you don't want to go all that way and then be like oh no I missed it because I was asleep <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Got a long day of trekking tomorrow, missed it, was yeah. asleep. Yeah, like I love my sleep probably more than most people, but still to see something like that, I wouldn't want to miss out on it. No, I would get out of bed for the Northern Lights. Yeah. 100%. Um, so, I mean, I've asked a question about Sahara. What was the food like in Iceland? <laughs> food! <laughs> the food was amazing. Um, so for breakfast, they um, were doing like porridge and toast and everything like that. And also they'd give us these little pots of skir. Skir? Oh, What's the yogurt. Skir. 
I can't say it properly. You know that Greek yogurt? Well, it's, like, it's like Icelandic yogurt. It's yeah, the yeah. really high protein stuff Actually, that we eat all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's called skir. I think I have it for breakfast. Yeah. I mean, she said it beautifully. Yeah. She's almost speaking. I'm almost Icelandic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had that. And I would take a pot of that for my... Well, to have with my lunch, because we took, like, picnic lunches with us. But I never ate it at lunchtime. I'd always come back and then just, like, eat it like when I got back I suppose it's refrigerated because you're going through yeah <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it stayed pretty cold hmm. um yeah the toffee one of that tasted amazing so you liked the Icelandic yogurt yes big fan of yogurt um people so I mean having family in Sweden they're I mean they're not the same country by any stretch but it's that's part of the world and it's very similar they sometimes you eat quite strange things i think sometimes that puts people off going to like scandinavia and the likes of because they're worried about what they're going to be fed did you what did you eat anything traditional no and this really upset me not really upset me but mm-hmm. like whale and puffin is a really big thing over there yeah, but no. oh god rush to eat that. yeah we didn't eat either of those and i was a little bit disappointed because i like eating weird things i'm not sure like, i want you to eat whale I like fully getting involved in like local cus- like local traditions and so stuff. Fish, but fish would have been a big thing, right? Like herring would have been a huge thing. We had a fish pie one night, but essentially they're cooking for the masses, so it's just yeah. kind of like one pot stuff. But like you know, like stews and lasagna and stuff like that, really hearty, really good food. But we had our celebration meal. So last night was spent in Reykjavik. And the celebration meal was like a three course, like a la carte. It was beautiful, absolutely amazing. So that was really nice. A really nice restaurant that had been closed off and it was open just for us. Oh my gosh, what a treat. Yeah, that was, felt quite posh. <laughs> nice. And I bet after mm. you'd spent all week in your thermals, mm. Yeah, we were a bit like, what, what do we wear? Like, I don't feel like I've got enough clothes on because I'm in a heated place. It was, it was really <laughs> odd. Um, what was your favourite moment in Iceland? I would probably say when we got in a heated river, like so it was heated, like you know, thermal river. Like a geyser. Yeah. Is that what they're called? I well, think like so. A geyser. <laughs> yeah, like a thermal river thermal heated thing. spring thing. Lovely. Um, wow. You can tell we're the experts, can't yeah. you? Yeah. Someone in that office would know way better what we were Technical doing. terms. Yeah, just being in that, in your bikini with, with a bobble hat on and looking round and seeing, like, you know, typical Icelandic scenery and snow and stuff, but being in warm water. And naturally warm as yeah. well. It's not even like you're in a. Not even like peeing a pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. I hope nobody w- had peed in it. <laughs> in a wood, wood powered, like jacuzzi or something yeah. still yeah. like that's coming from the earth yeah that was pretty cool i mean getting dressed afterwards cold is the quickest i've ever put three pairs of trousers on <laughs> ever like literally the ground was ice and my feet were sticking to the ice and i'm trying to put all of my trousers on oh my god good times yeah it sounds it felt like I mean, we were you, all in you a you sold it to me when i was like oh yeah like natural warm spring mm-hmm. in the snow you've literally just like ripped that ripped that right away that beautiful image i had of now i could just see you sticking 
to be honest. It's invigorating, surely. It felt like some kind of weird, you know, like on the Generation game when they used to do like really weird tasks. <laughs> yeah. It felt like that, like get dressed in like four layers of clothes as quickly as possible. In, like, minus temperatures. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like. But doing it afterwards, I'm so glad that I did it because that's a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. I suppose that's really like both of these trips. They've both been really, really popular for us as a business. Mm. Because I think part of that is because they're shorter, so people get that kind of bite-sized taste of adventure, you know, quickly, and they can do it sort of over a long weekend. Mm. But I guess part of it is that they're they're both huge once-in-a-lifetime things. Yeah, I mean, I would never think of going to the Sahara by myself. Like, if it wasn't for DA, it wouldn't would ever... have Exactly. Oh, wow. Just be like, oh taxi driver to the Sahara please yeah anywhere here the typical thing is no taxi yeah. anywhere here just by the sand dune <laughs> but yeah although I'd always wanted to go to Iceland doing it as part of an organized trip was probably the cheapest way that I was ever going to do it true that's very true I still saw everything that I wanted to see I would like to go back because you've seen it and now you know what an amazing yeah. country it is yeah. yeah and I'd like to see it in the summer as well yeah because it would be completely different and the Icelandic people are so friendly. That they are. I mean, and the Moroccans, though, to be mm. fair. Yeah. I mean, we're really lucky with all these places that we go, that we have some really great people. So you saw everything you wanted to see. Free time in both? How much? I mean, I know it depends on flights and all that sort of stuff. How much, what would you recommend you do with the free time that you have in both places? So, um, Sahara, we drove back on our final day of trekking. We drove back after lunch and we had like a few hours um, in Wazazat before our evening meal. So, Heidi and myself went round one of the local markets. Oh, nice. And obviously, it's not Marrakesh, but it's like, well, Heidi said it was better than Marrakesh because it wasn't as touristy and it wasn't as yeah. kind of mad. But authentic as well, then. yeah, it was really nice just walking around the Moroccan markets and getting chatted up by the random Moroccan men. <laughs> one of them, yep, yeah, one of them asked Heidi if I was her son. Oh, lovely! I enjoyed that a lot, uh, as did she. Um, yeah, and just kind of getting to see like the real side of Wazazat. Great name, great name for a city as well. It's yeah. horrible to spell. And it feels one of my favourite ones to type because it just, it just, I know it's, someone's going to read it and just be like, how do I say that? Yeah. yeah. Um, and what about Iceland? What did you do with your free time or what did your group do with your, their free time? So Iceland, we had a free morning before our flights. Some of the group went to the Blue Lagoon, which is a kind of natural spa Iconic. place. Probably yeah. seen it if you fancy Iceland. Yes. You've seen the Instagram. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It is very Instagrammable. Um, I didn't do that because I've done something similar to that in New Zealand. It's also super expensive, right? I think it is, yeah. yeah. Um, so I just did what I love to do when I'm in a new country and wandered around the city. Like, literally just went for a walk. Yeah. Shall I go left? Shall I go right? Why not? Um, and just, yeah, just chilled out around the city, um, explored Reykjavik a bit, went in, um, a really nice cathedral, um, saw the Penis Museum. Great, I didn't wow. know they had one of those. 
How did you not know that they had one? Well, I'm sure I put it on my out of office. Might, you might have done actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, out of office. Erased from my memory. <laughs> um, yeah, didn't go in because didn't want to have to pay. No. To see things like that, but just the fact that they randomly had one like on a side street. It's like fair play though. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I like odd things like that about mm. like cities. Yeah. So, out of the two, I know you liked both you enjoyed both mm. if you had to choose one which was your favorite pick your favorite child iceland because it's been that bucket list thing for you or taking even taking that out of it i think just because the scenery was so varied and it was so beautiful but also it kind of reminded me of new zealand in a way as well um, so it kind it's, of it's like polar yeah. opposites of that surprises me. But New Zealand's very, very different in in different places, and it made me like feel a little bit homesick for New Zealand. Even though obviously I'm not from there, but, but you lived there for a while. Yeah, and I do really miss it because you've got like the geezers and just the beautiful greenness and the friendly people. So I, that's sort of again why you want to go out to Iceland in the summer as well because it will just bring that yeah that bit a bit closer for you. Yeah. Um, Without having to spend 24 hours on a plane. Yeah, a long way away. Mm. Um, so, obviously that doesn't mean to say you hated Sahara. No, no, not at all. I still really enjoyed Sahara. But if I had to do one of them again, I'd do Iceland again. I'm sold. Yeah, you've got me. I think, like, after, like, hearing what you have to say about it and seeing all the pictures from Iceland, I probably would, if it was kind of, like, option A, option B, I would probably go for Iceland too, just because of the landscape. Like, the pictures that you took back, oh, my God. I know. I selfie lighting in Iceland. Oh, that filter. It was, well, there's no filter. It looked like some kind of filter. It's just a great photographer, my beautiful face. The radiance. Yeah. But literally, <laughs> I was taking photos, and then I was, like, you're like, damn, I look so good. Am I David Bailey? <laughs> Literally, I was amazed. That it was just because it was just on my phone. I was like, this is such, like, such a good photo. But it's just because the scenery is like beautiful. It's really tricky for me. So, like, I mean, Sahara. I had that whole thing in my head of I don't want to, wouldn't want to walk on sand because it just sounds like too much like hard work, and I get really frustrated because it was just like you said, it's just especially walking up the sand dunes you were literally mm. falling with every step you take I mm. would just I'd want to scream but then at the same time as much as I haven't been to Iceland I've been to countries like that and it mm. you know I know how beautiful it is that doesn't mean to say I don't want to go but there's not going to be anywhere that you well I doubt there's anywhere that you've been that's like Sahara exactly so I think it's maybe weighing you know yeah. if people listening to this are weighing up which ones they do don't want to go on it's maybe thinking about those once in a lifetime experiences do both or what they haven't experienced mm. before I suppose like a lot of people go on these challenges because it's something they've never ever experienced before and that might be just being around like people all the time or sharing a room or it might be the new terrain or the climate or whatever it is yeah 100% I think from a fundraising point of view it's probably easier to get sponsorship if you say you're going to the Sahara living in the Sahara for three days because mm. Iceland is a lot more seen as a lot more commercial yeah and it's, and it's like holiday place yeah really. we you know we, we obviously are our trips it. are not a holiday no our trips are not oh, holidays oh. as you have quite evidently <laughs> proved um but it's that whole thing of it's the northern lights thing isn't it it's, it sounds like it's a bit of a jolly yeah it's just you know 
you didn't anticipate how much ice was in Iceland, which I think <laughs> is hilarious. Um, and all those kind of added things of sleeping in, you know, shared dorms and being freezing cold mm. every morning. Yeah. Having to get changed the fastest you've ever got changed in your life. Which I'm surprised, I'm pleased you survived that in itself. That's not mine. I'm genuinely surprised that I didn't fall over and like actually hurt myself because we know what I'm like. Clumsy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So for training in terms of like preparing for Iceland, people need to time themselves getting changed. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I would probably suggest doing a bit of walking. Oh yeah, good, great show. Um, but it's really difficult, isn't it? There's no way to train how to walk on the snow without walking on snow. Mm. I mean, yeah, when we were like, sometimes the snow would be like compact. And then you'd walk on a bit further and then all of a sudden your leg would disappear up to your knee because it's oh. like the soft, fluffy stuff. Lovely. Um, but yeah, just just any kind of exercise and continual walking and being cold. <laughs> Learning yeah. how to be cold. Yeah. So top tips for both. So Sahara, you said pack extra, extra, extra spare, a spare pair of sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anything also, else? um pack your different clothes for different like occasions slash days in um ziploc bags yeah like i had my celebration meal clothes in a ziploc bag so that no sand got to them that's nice nice. like that yeah um although i didn't really suffer with the sand you know it's still you're still keeping them fresh yeah with a ph absolutely (laughs) um don't forget your sun cream probably quite an important one and what about Iceland top tips for Iceland take trekking poles because a lot of people were actually only using one so they took two poles and they'd share with their friend it just gives you that extra kind of level of stability and balance yeah poles not an essential in Sahara are they useful I mean I guess they'd be useful not many people use them um but again, it gives you extra kind of balance. The ground can be kind of tough on your knees at times. But I would say they're more, definitely more needed in Iceland. Um, another tip for Iceland is take a little um, like thermos. Because yeah. when you stop for like lunch or snacks or whatever, just having a little kind of drink of hot chocolate or tea or something is oh, amazing. Nice. Because when you do stand still, that's when you start to feel the cold. That's a really good tip, yeah, actually. That's mm. a good one. And also have, like, I was using my rucksack cover to sit on. Because if you sit on the actual ground, you'll get a wet bum and then, like, your bum will start to freeze. Oh, and then you just be cold. Yeah. yeah. That's that's okay. Mm. okay. Noted. So, I think because thermoses, I've, I've spoken to other people about, like, thermos stuff before. Because I have chats about thermoses <laughs> all the time. They're just that yeah. wild. <laughs> Um, but you can also like fill it with hot water in the night. So if it's a bit chilly, it's I like mean, a little yeah. hot water bottle thing. You could, but the accommodation is so nice in Iceland. It's like it's, it's purpose built. Like we we were in a scout hut, um, but I think they're now using a hostel. So it's pretty luxurious, yeah, it's nice really. Yeah. Um, also, one of the guys on our trip had these gloves that had like a bit that a flap that came off for his um phone 
index fin finger so that he could take photos rather than having to take your oh. whole glove off get glove with glove flap Ooh. yeah <laughs> glove everyone flap. loves a glove flap absolutely <laughs> so like i found when i was taking pictures of the northern lights my hand was starting to like get uncomfortable yeah because i couldn't i only had one glove on like michael jackson but he was like absolutely fine because he just had his little glove flap He's, i think he said he got them off amazon Find so. everything on Amazon. Well, yeah, this is yeah. true. Top tip, glove flap. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Okay, well, I think that's all my questions. Yeah, giving us a flavour of the two destinations. Two totally different ones. Mm. Whilst we lay about in the sun. Yeah. Okay. And wonder if there's an ice cream left in the freezer. Yeah, I hope there is. <laughs> but it's getting slower and slower, <laughs> more and more chilled. So yeah. I hope whatever people are listening to this, they're yeah. enjoying it in the sunshine too. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks. I run out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you ever so much for listening again this week, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it. We were outside, as we said, quite a few times throughout the episode. Um, and as I think the sun got a bit hotter and we got more and more relaxed, the conversation became a little bit more chilled and a lot slower. Um, so I hope wherever you are and whenever you're listening that it chilled you right out too as you sort of earwigged in on our lazy summer day conversation, which was lovely. We will be back inside again next week, just to make sure the sound quality is as it should be. Um, if you had any problems with this one, we know that we double mic'd Sarah up so that you could hear her answers really clearly um, but it meant that you may have not heard Holly and I um, as clearly as you might have liked um, Holly was very quiet throughout the episode anyway because she got the giggles right at the start so she was trying to keep keep herself controlled so that she didn't put Sarah or I off the conversation and ruin it for everyone um, I'm sure you can work out if you have the same sense of humour as Holly, what it was that set her off right at the beginning when I was describing what you might be able to hear um, outside and if you missed that by all means go back and have a listen we'll be back again next week um, with another podcast and uh, at the moment we are recording these things ahead of time before we launch them so we sort of have it on good authority that will be on most platforms um, that you can get your podcasts on so wherever you're listening to us do make sure you subscribe leave us a review um, I know all of that helps so um, if you want us to keep making it send us your suggestions and comments and all that sort of thing on social media you can find us on Twitter Facebook Instagram we're all we're across all of them just search for discover adventure uh, I hope you tune in next time thanks mm-hmm.